Welcome to Disney Versus, where we are not used to getting punched in the face by beauty. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. I just realized I haven't said this in a while. If this is your first episode, welcome. <laughs> what we do on this podcast usually is we uh, rank, debate, and uh, discuss Disney movies in a March Madness style bracket. We haven't done that in a while. We're going to get back to it next episode, I promise. But this episode, what we're doing today is we're going to discuss the latest outing from Pixar Animated Studios, Elemental. Came out a couple of weeks ago in theaters after a long, long stint of not having movies from Pixar in theaters. Lightyear was last year, and then there were four before that that weren't in theaters. But now they're back. Before we get to that, Grace, what you watching? Uh, Amber and I are hardcore binging how to get away with murder right now we're in the middle of season five matt and i still have not finished ted lasso or the last of us i think we have two episodes each so um don't spoil that okay and i'm trying to think about anything else i watched took it to paradise with george clooney and julia roberts that was very fun and silly i liked it two good actors i enjoy both of them Mm mm-hmm if I ever met Julia Roberts in person, I just want her to smile at me because she has the widest, biggest smile I think I've ever seen from somebody. <laughs> so. What about you? What are you watching? What I've been doing, I've been rewatching Young Justice on HBO Max. I refuse to call it Max. <laughs> um, it's a, a DC show that I that me and Heather started watching uh, when we were in Minnesota when we started the podcast, and. I love it because I was telling Heather, it, even from the beginning of the show, there were instances where they were very mental health focused. Mm-hmm. And as I get older and as be, as mental health becomes more and more of a thing in daily life and on TV and just everywhere, I really like that the show was very about that from the beginning. And in the most recent season, there's a character who who dies and everyone is coping with it basically through the entire season. Mm-hmm. And then there are side uh, there are side stories where uh, characters are dealing with mental health, and I really like their take on it and their um, how they handle it because the the focus on it is basically how heroes deal with mental health and how the hero gig is you know it's a it's a burden. Mm-hmm. So I like what they did with that. And I have this in the notes. I'm going rogue. Not what I'm watching, but what I'm eating. Oh. Yes. Grace, let me tell you. We're in a golden age of snack foods. I told this to anybody <laughs> who listens. Extra toasty Cheez-Its are my favorite. Extra toasty Cheez-Its and Gold Bay Goldfishies. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but shout out to Kim. She also loves extra toasty Cheez-Its. There's a box of them at the store right now that she snacks on in between, you know, whatever. So, y'all are kindred spirits but yes. I, I at walmart i found apple jacks pop tarts oh apple jacks the cereal but flavored mm-hmm. for pop tarts okay and it's bananas yes they do taste like apple jacks <laughs> so i That's love fun. it i love it golden age of snack foods let's talk about a little bit of news this piece of news just dropped today to celebrate 100 years of Disney. We are in the centennial year. Uh, A couple of Disney movies in the next couple of months will be returning to theaters. So the schedule is uh, Toy Story is returning July 21st. Frozen uh, August 4th. Beauty and the Beast on August 18th. The Incredibles on September 1st. 
Coco on September 15th, The Lion King on September 29th, and Moana on October 13th. What are you going to go see? Um, definitely going to go see Toy Story, just so I can get a movie ticket up for Toy Story. Maybe The Incredibles? Are they only going to be in there for one day? I think it's a one day thing, or maybe one week. I know, I, I like, they've know re-released Lion King before. I remember when we saw it, um, when they re-released for 3D yeah. in college. So for me, I don't need to see Toy Story. No one's surprised. Uh, Frozen, Beauty and the Beast. I haven't seen Incredibles on screen again. And then Lion King. I don't need to see Moana again on the big screen, I don't think. Yeah, same. I think they've re-released Frozen before in theaters. It wouldn't surprise me if they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Coco I'm fine with. I saw Coco in theaters. We talked about it on the podcast. Same with Moana. Coco I would see again. It's so pretty. Yeah, it is. That'd be a I haven't seen it in a while, too. Um, let's talk about a couple of trailers. Wait, before we get to that, I'm kind of surprised that they're haven't re- that they not releasing some of the older stuff in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll kind of go into some of that with this next news topic. Some things that we didn't talk about because we were away when these things came out. Uh, there was the Wish trailer for the next Disney animated movie called Wish. Uh, starring Ariana DeBose and Chris Pine, directed by Adrian Molina, uh, coming out in November. Uh, looking at this trailer and both of these trailers that we're going to talk about, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not really enthused about either of these because they mm-hmm. kind of look pretty stock. Yeah. Uh, I I I still don't know what Wish is about, but like I I also don't care. <laughs> yet so yeah. i'm hoping that as as trailers come out um because i think we that was just the trailer that i just watched or the the teaser uh right. i'm hoping it'll get a little bit better it does seem a little bit like wizard of oz meets ursula vibes small gripe and it's the the knit of pigs with the from the studio that brought you frozen the lion king Encanto. I really wish that Dizzy would lean into putting the theme because if I remember correctly, we talked about it briefly with, um, I think it was D23 this year or whatever convention that they had this year that we talked about. It's about, it's focused on the wishing star that's been in so many different Disney movies like Pinocchio and Princess and the Frog and, you know, uh, Cinderella. I, I really wish they would put from the studio that brought you all the movies that have to do with the wishing star so they mm-hmm. can get you in the mood for because the wishing star is in the trailer yeah it gives the goat the ability to speak and i wish they would just lean into that a little bit more yeah i can see that that would be good yeah the song from the trailer stuck in my head because like an idiot i went i went and listened to the entire thing mm-hmm. uh it's fine I don't know who uh, Julia Michaels is. I've looked up some of her songs that she supposedly wrote. I don't recognize most of them. Mm -hmm. So that's on me. I'm not the barometer for pop music in the 2020s. So there we are. Next trailer, the Elio trailer that came out in front of Elemental. I'm not excited. It it looks kind of kiddie to me. It looks pretty basic. It looks like... They took, so I think it's called Lifted. Is that the short 
the animated short that involved aliens. Yeah, the guy who was trying to get his alien abduction license, basically. Yes. So this feels like that they were like they were looking for ideas and decided let's make that a full length movie like i i know it's not that but that's that's kind of what it makes me think of the director of this is chris buck who directed lilo and stitch so aliens is aliens are kind of his jammy jam i'll give it a shot jammy jam <laughs> i'll give it a shot uh and we'll see how it goes it comes out in march so there's time for me to you know warm up to it or you know completely write it off but we'll talk about it for the podcast at some point so and last piece of news and this isn't directly related to disney but i love it and fight me if this is a problem uh chadwick boseman the late black panther actor will be honored next year with the star on the walk of fame oh and i love that nice if i ever get to hollywood i'm definitely going to take a picture with that star Mm -hmm. because duh let's get into some of the stuff that we saw with this movie uh briefly they for the first time in i think five years they had a short in front of their movies yeah what is up with that why haven't we been having shorts i don't know i can't remember what the last one that we had before it was was it it wasn't onward was it incredibles 2 that we had one i don't know and i i get for the ones that were released during the COVID era, but what what's the one that we just reviewed? Lightyear. Nope. Um, was it Lightyear? Yeah, Lightyear came out. Last Pixar oh. movie. Yeah. Okay. That was Lightyear. But it didn't. It didn't have one, right? No. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. What did you think of this one? It was fine. I I didn't hate it. It did kind of get me in the heartstrings when uh, Doug was when Doug took took charge at the end. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is what you're going to do. I love you. She's going to love you. And that's that. And then they hit you with the goddamn up theme. Mm-hmm. When they hit you with that theme, I'm like, God, here we go. Yeah, I know. I, I'm i guessing. I mean, my mom, um, for sure. But I I know many people who cry during the first 10 minutes of up. Um, and this will definitely get you, especially when he's talking to Ellie. Yeah, I thought it was sweet. I thought it was cute. I appreciate that this was uh, Ed Asner's last appearance as the character as of Carl, because mm. I'm pretty sure they did this a while back, and I think we're good on the character of Carl because like there's what what else can you do? Like Ed Asner was that character, mm-hmm. so and it was it was fine. It it was I I when I first saw that it was going to be a short, I was one of the people that was like, no, absolutely not, no, stop, what are you doing? Take it back throw it in a canyon but it it was fine it was it was just fine i I thought it was on disney plus already because i thought it was just um one of doug's the doug days short shorts Mm -hmm. so i went looking for it right before we recorded and it wasn't there so i thought oh maybe maybe i'm wrong i'm gonna go ahead and drop a spoiler alert let's take a quick break and on the other side of this music that i'm jamming to we are going to talk about Elemental. Forgot the name of the movie for a second. <laughs> you okay there? <laughs> what am I if you still show?
This shop is dream of our family. Someday it'll all be yours. Ah! What the? The pipe squished me all out of shape. Dang. That's better. Oh. So you've never left Firetown? Sorry, buddy. Elements don't mix. Whoa! Hey! Plus, my dad would boil you alive. Why does anyone get to tell you what you can do in your life? Come on! Who knows? Watch this! Whoa! Ember, I see a change in you. Guy, you live here? It's my mom's place. We got two kids that are swimming around here somewhere. Orca, follow! <laughs> I've been trying to fill my father's shoes, but I never once asked what I wanted to do. Try this! Dad, those are too hot. I love hot food. You see, he likes it. <laughs> so Elemental was directed by Peter Son, who directed The Good Dinosaur and the short Partly Cloudy. Son also co-wrote the story for Elemental, along with John Hoberg, Cat uh, Lickle, and uh, Brenda Schway. Uh, Hoberg, Lickle, and Schway are TV writers, which I didn't know that. Schway also was a big writer on How I Met Your Mother, which, when I looked at this movie, it made a lot of sense. Okay, yeah, I can see that. The movie stars Leah Lewis, Mamadou Ache, Ronnie Del Carmen, who was the co-director of Inside Out? Question mark? Huh. I was shocked. Sheila Omi, Wendy McClendon-Covey, and Catherine O'Hara. Oh, that's who that was. <laughs> yeah, she was Wade's mom. Yeah. As soon as you said it, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. And the music was done by Thomas Newman, whom I love. Go listen mm-hmm. to the previous episodes. I love him. He can do no wrong. Film currently has a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and it has a 58% or 58 score on Metacritic. Box office, it's grossed $75 million domestically with a worldwide gross of $131.1 million. Its opening weekend of $29.1 million is the second worst three-day opening weekend for a Pixar movie behind the original Toy Story. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Woof. I mean, it's outgrossed the COVID-era Disney Plus only Pixar movies, but it's a low bar. Good ratings. Decent ratings, low box office. So, what did we think? First impressions. Grace? I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. It is, I mean, we say this every time, it is very pretty. Um, but Pixar doesn't make ugly movies, so do I don't not. know. Yeah. Um, I saw this on a bit of a smaller screen, and I sat in the front. So I went to a place called Living Room Theater, which has a screen that's... I don't know, maybe the quarter the size of a regular full screen, but so a little more intimate, but it was good. I I wanted this to be more complex. There was nothing unfamiliar or nothing surprising about about the whole story. What do you think? I agree with you. I saw this movie, I've seen this movie two and a half times. 
two and a half. <laughs> Not half. Let's say I've seen the first 30 minutes of this movie three times. Okay. Uh, the first time I saw it, I was out of town because I was on the road for work. And I went to an AMC. I'm looking at the pre-show for the movie and everything seems a little zoomed in, like the aspect ratio is off. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, maybe it's just the pre-show. Get through the trailers. Trailers are the same way. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's just the trailers. Mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes into the movie. And I'm just like, this is not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to go complain. Because the mm-hmm. scene the scene that set me off was the scene where they're running and the the cloud guy gets hit by the taxi and he goes mm-hmm. oh my jacket <laughs> that's because that scene's all over the trailers all over the marketing mm-hmm. and i said okay that scene didn't look right mm-hmm. so i get up and i went to the concession stand and said hey who's in the booth for is there someone in the booth for elemental it helps it's great that i've worked in a movie theater so i know that mm-hmm. she said what's wrong i said it looks like the aspect ratio is off and they said I think that's just the print we were sent because Spider-Ver- Across the Spider-Verse had a similar problem that Sony fixed. And I was like, are we sure we can't fix it? And she- they said there wasn't anything they can do. So I got my money back and left. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got back in nice. town. I went and saw it at my home Cinemark Theater and everything was fine. With all that preamble, I feel exactly the same way you do. Mm-hmm. Um when I saw it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I honestly mm-hmm. thought it was going to be Zootopia, but with elements. Yes, I was thinking um, Inside Out. But yeah, I wasn't anticipating an immigration story. But yeah, so it was different than we thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be Zootopia, but with elements and more romance. I also wasn't expecting an immigrant story. I liked it. After I saw it the first time, I, I started thinking about what we could what we were going to talk about on the show. And after seeing it a, about after letting it digest for a little bit, and then seeing it a second time, I said to myself, "Tori, it's not that deep." <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. there. It's it's very surface, but it's not. You know, this isn't going to set the world on fire. It's a great story. It's a great allegory. Read a lot of articles. Read a, saw a couple of interviews. Peter Son based this on his family, his Korean family's uh, immigration to the U.S. to mm-hmm. New York or the Bronx, and I get it that it that's clear. You can you can figure that out without you know looking at anything. The director it's about the director's family. Got it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was bad. It was just simple, easy to get through, easy to understand. Mm-hmm. I think this is Pixar's maybe first and only rom-com, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like several of the movies have a romantic thread. Ratatouille isn't a romance. I mean, Linguini and Colleen get together. Oh, sorry, Colette mm-hmm. get together. But mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the point of the movie. But yeah, I mean, Pixar doesn't make ugly movies, but this isn't a this isn't a super deep movie. Yeah, this isn't this isn't Finding Nemo. It's not yeah, well, let's let's get in a little bit deeper. Let's start with the story. We say it's not that deep, but I liked what it gave us. The mm-hmm. origin of Bernie and Cinder, their their journey to the to Element City, and that like the the evolution of Firetown. I really liked that aspect of it. I kind of wanted a little bit more. I, I wanted a little bit more depth. The story is good, but it just it's 
very surface. Yeah, I even so I like how we went all the way back to how they came to is it Cindertown? Firetown? Firetown. Firetown. Um but we we kind of jumped from them trying to find a home and find their neighborhood to all of a sudden they're in this well-developed community. And and I feel like we were we missed something in the middle there. Um I it's did It's a really quick montage. Yeah. I did really like the through line of tracking down the citations and we we got there later when we met Wade's family, but Wade absolutely crying and and not having any agency was off but like why why can't you just not? Why is this like you're not under any stress, so why can't you do why can't you help? Yeah. Um and really the only stress that he was under was to find the leak. Also, a a problem I had with that that part of the storyline was this is a city problem. Like if the if the water should have already been shut off in Firetown, which they said it it should have been, then they shouldn't be cited for all of that damage. And so I I had a problem with that too. It's like there's there's a lack of like we're not talking about the bureaucracy enough in this, yeah. but. That, that is a bureaucratic maybe, pl- plot hole that I agree may, with. M- maybe that's just my adult brain talking. <laughs> oh, Steph, that's that's what we're here for. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the dark side. But I do, I did like every time he he shows up, Wade's introduction, and he's just crying about how cute the picture of their family is. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Oh no, I gotta write you these tickets because it's my job." I'm so sorry. It is a it is a plot hole, and he really could just not, not. do the thing. Yeah, but I do like that like, he's just like oh it, no. It would have been fixed if he said something about like needing to hit a quota. That that would have been an explanation. Right. I don't know. Right. They started off really strong with Ember having an anger anger problem, mm-hmm. but really they just solved it away by. Her at the end realizing that she doesn't want to run the store. And Wade said one thing that kind of unlocked that for her was that when you get, when I get angry or when I am in my feelings, that it's telling me something um, that I don't want to hear. And I thought that was so powerful and underplayed and one of the better lessons that Pixar is, has kind of tried to get across in the last maybe five years or so i thought that was a really powerful message and i I felt like it kind of fell flat and we didn't i i don't think we explored ember's anger enough and then how she came to reconcile absolutely agree it it, the the way ember's anger was kind of extinguished pardon the pun jesus Mm -hmm. she fell in love kind of like yeah. she fell in love and Wade kind of talked to her about, you know, you're angry, f- figure out why and act on it. And mm-hmm. then her anger kind of went away and then she got better with customers and she never went full purple. Also, welcome to Disney Versus where you never go full purple. <laughs> and I I really wish that that that's kind of a way that maybe that's a way that it, they could have gone deeper with just explaining her anger because something i read with these characters is that 
the way they act, you know, with Wade being super emotional and Ember being angry is they are uh, offsets of how, you know, male and female, you know, uh, masculine and feminine identities are supposed to be. Masculine men aren't supposed to, you know, cry and show emotion. Mm-hmm. And women aren't supposed to be angry. They're supposed to be, you know, proper and, you know, mm-hmm. elegant. I did like that. It was a nice offset, but I wish they would have, I wish they would have explored that a little bit more, like you said. I was caught off guard, like, way, so everyone knows that if fire gets wet, it extinguishes, and, like, we see a couple demonstrations of that, and then Wade takes Ember to his family home that is only water, and I thought, like, really? We didn't have a contingency plan to protect her? Right. Okay. They they okay. put her on a <laughs> inflatable raft with a with a welcome mat and just called it a day. <laughs> what the hell? What that seems really good. And and also so like for a for an inspector, Wade is not particularly safety conscious. So like there's that, and then also taking her to see the flower. Very romantic, very cool. I like that we got the cloud involved. Um, but also like that was very risky, and there yes. was no like no escape. How? Could we have given her a oxygen mask or something? I don't know. <laughs> well, that wouldn't have helped because it would have touched her body, and then that would have been it. Like that—that that was not a good plan. <laughs> not a good plan at all. Yeah. Could couldn't he have just gotten a bunch of like water people to just kind of absorb the water or something, and or just talk to Gale and unflood? Like, how did it flood? And yeah. how do we unflood it? Mm-hmm. And I guess it was spur of the moment because they kind of know each other for maybe a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that montage is. And you know it's a rom-com because there were a lot of montages in this movie. <laughs> how do you have a... You can't have a good rom-com without montages. Fight me. Okay, okay. I guess, speaking of that moment, this is a good time to mention my uh, one cool shot was them dancing for the first time once they mm-hmm. when they touch. Number one, I don't understand what happened when they touched yeah because science dictates that someone should have lost a hand (laughs) ember's hand should have been gone based on the rules that you set up earlier with her half of her mom's head being gone when unless she's so hot that she's vaporizing him but like then his hand would be disappearing i don't know she's vaporizing his hand before it can touch her Yes, and he's regenerating his hand at the same time, and he says, "We, you changed my, we changed each other's chemi- uh, chemistry. How sway? How? Yeah, explain it to me. I, that's what I need. I don't know how he was saved in the fire, like when they, the flood happens, and Ember goes back to save the blue flame, and Wade comes to save her, and they end up kind of walled up in." basically a chimney zone yeah and then he evaporates yes same thing that happens with um let's go watch the uh, the weather episode of magic school bus it's basically the same <laughs> thing I think. yeah we're talking about evaporation kind of uh, but then in that case wouldn't water never die essentially yes but like fire can die Anyway, now we're getting more philosophical. This is the philosophy that we're, we're looking for. we're getting more scientific. Like, <laughs> we need a scientist to explain all these, like, all the plot holes or, you know, design flaws in these characters. Mm-hmm. This isn't that kind of show. 
Yeah, but yeah, I I loved the the animation of that scene, even though some of it doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. And the fade out to the city, and this this movie is. Let's talk about things that we like now. This movie is so damn colorful and vibrant and bright, mm-hmm. and even when it's dark outside, when the sun's gone down, this movie is so bright. And we keep saying that Pixar doesn't make ugly movies, and this is not. This is a gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. We can make fun of the story and the plot holes and some of the character designs, but Pixar is still killing it with animation. Mm-hmm. With the design of the city for, you know, for how it works with, with water, for water people, and the, the uh, Cyclone Stadium. Mm-hmm. I love the... I love the, the... The wave. Yeah, the wave. Such a great idea. As an introvert, that would bug the shit out of me because I don't go to I don't go to sporting events anyway. And the one time I do go to a sporting event, I get turned into a wave against my will. Just I'm just <laughs> I'm just sitting here watching the game, and suddenly I'm part of a wave. Just yeah. But it's it's a great concept and everything, and I lo- I love the interaction between uh, Gail and Ember. Them just going at it. I was like, ooh, early girl fight. Here's a question. Which element do you think you would be in this universe? Personality-wise, or which one would I want to be, like, powers-wise? Either way. I say powers because I'm a superhero nerd. Based on what we see, probably Earth. That's what I think you would be, too. Yeah. because of Mostly because of the, the guy that they go see um, to get the tickets ripped up mm-hmm. to get the tickets back <laughs> and he was just so very like this <laughs> i'm going home early today kind of oh, a sloth wow. character yes that's what he was he was a sloth character what about you i don't know i like the versatility of water but i don't think that's really me so i don't know did wind have any special oh well wind could do or air i'm thinking you're either air or fire yeah Okay. Air or fire. I'll say one of those. What about the music? What do you think about the music? Again, Thomas Newman can do no wrong. The music was great. It went along with the mood so very well. When we finish recording, I'm going to go download and listen to the soundtrack. I like Thomas Newman uh, scores, but I find that frequently I don't notice them while I'm watching the movie. It's only if after I've seen a movie several times or if I've listened to the score separately that I really appreciate it. And that's exactly what happened here is mm-hmm. I didn't really notice it, which is that's fine. That's that's certainly one way of composing a composition. But something that I noticed with this movie, as opposed to all the other Pixar scores that he's done, per se, is he added a lot of um, use this word judiciously ethnic instrumentation to the score. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the song Steal the Show, like it, there's a ethnomusicality to it that isn't present in a lot of his scores or Pixar mm-hmm. songs. And I really liked it. Maybe the difference, maybe the, the collaboration of that is why I like Steal the Show so much. That's why mm-hmm. I was grooving to it earlier before the break. But I really like, I like this, I like what this did to the world and everything. It kind of carried some of the emotions it wasn't let me let me pop the brakes it wasn't the most fantastic score of his i mm-hmm. will reserve that for probably wally or mm-hmm. wally's Friday the one that i think of wally's is almost completely contrary to what i just said about thomas newman scores because the soundtrack is so 
much a part of the story for that. Especially because dialogue is secondary in mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah. Especially with the sound design and the score, because nothing nothing really happens uh, dialogue-wise in the first, like, for most of that movie. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. This is the first, uh, I think this is the first Pixar movie that Thomas Newman has done that wasn't directed by Andrew Stanton, which is interesting. Okay. Something I, I noticed on the second watch of this movie is that the the carrot this there's similar similarities to other Disney and Pixar movies because the main character this is Ember's movie to be mm-hmm. to be completely clear this is this movie is about Ember it's a female protagonist who wants something while everyone wants her to be something else and it's like oh this is just like Mulan or Brave or Moana or Turning Red I think the one difference is that she doesn't know what she wants and doesn't right. even really she's been hyper fixated which is something that's relatable for sure and and i don't know that that's something that we've seen too much in pixar before mm-hmm. but i i i do think that's super relatable and and career-wise i can see that very much in my own life as being hyper fixated on the next thing um whether that's the best option or just what's next in the progression of normalcy taking it a step further when she does find out what she can do, not necessarily what she wants to do, but Wade's mom points her in the direction and says, you are a wonderful sc- sculptor, glassblower? Glassblower. You are wonderful at this. Your your art is fantastic. You can go far with this. Let mm-hmm. me make a phone call for you. Or, sorry, I made a phone call for you. Once the opportunity is presented to her, to her she shies away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, based on not wanting to upset her father, not wanting to rock the boat with the traditions that are the path that's been laid in front of her. It, that That's different as well. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of like another scene that I liked, an honorable mention for uh, One Cold Shot was the end where Amber does the big bow for her father. Yeah, I did get teary there. I almost turned into Wade in the, in the theater. <laughs> So a little bit of trivia. Like I said, uh, this film is based on director Peter San's life with his parents immigrating to the USA from Korea. They didn't speak English, which I loved that they created a fire language for mm-hmm. this. And I wonder if it was just different variations on white noise and static. No, I, well, I don't know. I did like the way that uh, fire was like how. Oh, other some parts. Fire was. Yes, I I know what you're talking about. I feel like we got that a, a lot later, but not so much when um, they were like getting their tickets or going through. That's what I meant. Like when he was okay. when the ticket guy was or the the I guess the immigration guy was like, "How do you? What's your name?" And he mm-hmm. says his name in fire mm-hmm. language, mm-hmm. and the guy completely didn't understand him. I loved that. Like, whatever that sound that they made for him was. Mm-hmm. But Peterson's family opened a grocery store in Bro- in the Bronx that was similar to Ember's uh, family restaurant. I liked all the things that they, uh, like the coal nuts mm-hmm. and the little shithead that was like, I just want the free one. Yes. As As someone who runs a store, I completely understood Ember's anger and outbursts. Mm-hmm. I completely got it. Sometimes you just want to yell, and you can't. Yeah, and know that, the customer that, isn't always right. 
That speaks so directly to anyone who's worked retail ever. <laughs> that really resonated. This is the first film since the Cars franchise to not feature any humans. Interesting. Okay. It is interesting because remember when Pixar was all about not making humans. Mm-hmm. I think once they figured out, uh, I think after The Incredibles, they took a break, did Cars, and was like, screw it. We're doing nothing but humans for a while. Let's see how good we can make let's see how good we can make these people look, literally. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth Pixar film to not feature a main antagonist, which goes to the romantic comedy aspect of it, which we said this a lot. It's just a basic rom com. Wade falls in love with Amber very quickly. Mm-hmm. If it, it seems like they go on like maybe a couple like we see what, three dates? Something like that, yeah. Two of them seem like they were all in the same day. We don't really have any scale of of when these dates are happening over time. Right. As much as we love villains here on this show, I really like that the conflict was really internal with traditions and uh, ambition and wanting, like trying to, like you said, trying to figure out what to do with your life mm-hmm. and going against, you know, what other people want for you. Like Ember was completely... I don't know if Ember was completely against falling in love with Wade because elements don't mix or she just didn't want to be in love. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that uh, that conflict in her. It seems like not wanting elements to mix or, or just like saying that elements don't mi- mix was convenient. It was a convenient way to dismiss his advances. Right. It's, it was a cop out because it's... Mm-hmm. And and the other the other allegory air quotes in this in this story was interracial dating because mm-hmm. it was definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. It takes work and instances where it's like where parents are just like, oh, you two don't go together, or friends or whatever, like, oh, you two don't go together, and it's just like, eh, we like each other. Let's yeah, you know, why not just why not? Yeah. When I saw this movie the first time, those are the three things that I got immediately. Immigrant story, interracial relationship, this is a Pixar rom-com. Mm-hmm. And I think, I said, I told myself I think I was going to be okay with this movie before I saw the rest of it. Because what they were doing with those ideas were, they again, they weren't deep. But they were mm-hmm. decently done. I wasn't offended by anything. And it was, you know, interesting to say the least. It was more than mm-hmm. what I thought I was getting with Zootopia. Yeah. Last bit of trivia. Pixar had to upgrade and buy more computers for this film. <laughs> there are over 151,000 cores in use for this one film in three large rooms on P- the Pixar camp. That's crazy. For perspective, Toy Story had 294, Monsters, Inc. had 672, and Finding Nemo had 923. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grace, did you ever get to see the the computer room when you? I did multiple trips to Pixar. No, I've only been to Pixar once. I thought you went twice. No, I've only been once, and the gentleman who gave me a tour uh, was responsible for. I I believe he was responsible for the server room, so I got to peek my head um, inside. But yeah, is it cold? It was. I don't remember it all that much because we we didn't spend time inside. It was more like a poke your head in. Gotcha. And I know you had to wear like booties to go in because i i think with computers like that you have to keep it cold so they don't overheat like supercomputers mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that's really cool 
That's a lot of computers too. And I bet because of all the different like dimensional rendering they had to do for fire and Mm -hmm. all the stuff for Wade, like something that I really enjoyed looking at and I could just look at it for hours is the different ways they had light going through Wade. Yes, that was very cool. And something that I I might try to get as a poster is what uh, Ember's, my favorite scene, not a cool shot, but well, it is a cool shot. When they were on the beach and Ember was kind of shrinking, yes. uh-huh. her reflection in Wade's face mm-hmm. was gorgeous. I loved that shot. Mm-hmm. So there are three three cool shots in this movie. <laughs> what do you grade the movie? I think this is a B minus for me, which I feel like I've been giving out lots of B minuses, but I think that's that's what I give to movies that like I liked it fine. It wasn't it wasn't a waste of time, um, but it's also not something I'm gonna actively go back to. I might see it again at some point. I think I'll, I think I'll agree with B minus. It was good. There were a lot of things that I liked, but there were things that I wanted more of too. Mm-hmm. This movie was short. I don't have in front of me how long it was, but it felt like it was a it it moved at a pretty rom com pace. <laughs> yeah, I thought the pacing was good. It was an hour and forty two minutes, so yeah, that is a bit okay. that's on the shorter side for Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a an appropriate length and yeah, paced well. Agreed. Agreed. Where do you think it ranks among other Pixar movies? I don't know. This is somewhere in the lower middle, probably. Something that I thought about. Uh, Pixar, just like we're in the middle of our bracket of the ages with Disney eras, mm-hmm. Pixar is kind of on its third era right now. Because there was the golden age when they started with, with Toy Story all the way to, let's say... Toy Story 3, where they were just knocking it out of the park. They were innovating. I think Toy Story 3 is a generous timeline, but I mean that's. I what think it's, it's amazing, but I don't know that that fits into Golden Age. I'll say uh, Toy Story 1 all the way to, let's say Incredibles. Brave. I'll say Brave. Okay. Because they were doing, no, I'll say Toy Story 3, because Brave was the first time that people were like, I don't know about this one, Pixar. I mm-hmm. believe Brave was nominated for Best Animated Feature, and I think it won let me look at that right quick it, it did win it did win best animated feature mm-hmm. uh but i uh, take that back cars 2 is the beginning of kind of the the eh era for pixar and i would say it's cars 2 until cars 3 i know uh there's some good stuff in there inside mm-hmm. out I know how you feel about Monsters University, but Monsters University is not Monsters, Inc. Yes. It is kind of in that era where there were a lot of sequels and a lot of different... It, it wasn't It wasn't the golden Pixar can do no wrong era. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, Coco through, you know, the COVID years and Elemental, where mm-hmm. it's it's different. You don't know what you're going to get. There are other animation studios like Sony and Netflix and Leica mm-hmm. that are doing different things with animation. As a Ninja Turtles fan, I'm interested to see what the animation style is, is like with that movie because it looks different. Mm-hmm. Pixar might need to kind of go back to foundation with story and re-innovate with animation because I think that's kind of yeah. why I'm feeling weird about Elio. 
because Elio mm-hmm. doesn't look new. It doesn't look innovative or interesting to me. Is Elio Pixar or just Disney? I think it's just Disney. It's Pixar. Wish is Disney. Interesting. Oh, oh, sorry. I was mixing the two up. Yes. Okay. Now that we are going back to, and it's it's unfortunate because our generation looks at the golden age of Pixar mm-hmm. and says, we, need, we want more like this. But mm-hmm. that was 13, almost 15 years ago at this point. Yeah. We, we're going to get new stuff. We're going to get different stuff. I do think that we're finally, for a while there, we were just cranking out sequels. And that was frustrating to not have new universes. And I think we're finally starting to migrate into an era where we're getting more original content. There are still some sequels coming out. Obviously, Inside Out 2 is coming out next year. Um, and we've got Toy Story 5, which no one asked for, coming out. And we but, don't need. Yeah. <laughs> but... I do appreciate that we're getting back to some more original content. I think that that's in the right direction. And I do like that we're getting a lot of these personal stories like Onward and Soul and Turning Red and Elemental. These are personal stories from these directors and they mean something. One thing that I haven't really considered is that as we're so used to Pixar being the epitome of animation, but in the last... 20 years um disney has upped its game significantly and i don't know that we've clocked that or recognized that and it's not it's not as consistent as pixar it's but it's still the movies that are being put out by disney under disney and not under pixar um are just better and i think that's part of why we're not feeling so like oh pixar is amazing or 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 so strongly about pixar movies now and also DreamWorks is upping up, upping its game. Also, have you noticed that there are DreamWorks uh, previews in front of Disney movies now? Yes. That didn't used to be a thing. I, I'm chalking it up to it's a family movie, a family slash animated movie. I don't know. I'm not going to see that Kraken movie. I will wait no, until it's on Netflix. No, it looks awful. People are like, oh, look at this little mermaid that they're parroting in Teenage Kraken. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> She has red hair and she's a mermaid. That's it. I have to acknowledge that Disney is not doing Pixar any favors or didn't do Pixar any favors by having Soul and Luca and turning red as, Mm -hmm. I mean, I get Soul because we were still in the heart of the pandemic, but they should have put these movies in theaters at some point. They got to do something with the marketing Mm -hmm. because they didn't show what Elemental was at all. Mm Mm-hmm lead with it's an immigrant story or lead with it's a romantic comedy yeah great these are these they they led with the the air jokes and the pruning jokes which weren't even all that you know racy it's it i don't know they 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 got to do they got to do better by pixar if they want people to show up for these movies Mm -hmm. especially if now regardless of what movie it is people are going to wait for streaming if it's Mm -hmm. not you know, a well-known, tried-and-true-tested blockbuster like Indiana Jones or, you know, I'm not going to say The Flash because nobody saw The Flash. <laughs> no. Nope. Or if it's, you know, you know, something that people will definitely show up for. I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but Pixar has, has gone through this phase in the last, what, maybe like six or seven years where we're digging into a lot of minority plot lines. So 
focusing we've got coco we've got encanto we've got this now with elemental um we have luca that's kind of i mean so many of the movies in the last 10 years have had that kind of subcontext and i'm wondering if that's the new brand that's that is part of pixar's brand now or if that's just the storytelling of this era i think it's a little bit of both I think with the slew of sequels that we're about to get, Pixar is giving these these directors of color a chance to tell their stories, but also putting a little bit of the Pixar, you know, brand, like you said, on it, too. It's a good way to go because I, I like these personal stories from people of color. It's just it it's got to be more, I think, because mm-hmm. like we yeah. said, with with the immigrant story, it, it's there. It's kind of the the climax of the movie when her father explains. Well, it's not the climax of the movie. It's a big turning point in the movie where her father explains, or her mother explains, why his father, her father, is the way he is. Because when he left, his father didn't give him, you know, the bow or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's there's got to be a little bit more to that. I um, think. Yeah. Because it's elements, and it's not the actual people. Like, mm-hmm. Turning Red, it's very obvious what Turning Red was. Mm-hmm. What Coco was. That that was very, it was it was right there. It was text. Mm-hmm. It wasn't subtext. It was text. It was super text. I hope that more directors get to tell their stories. But I, I hope that they also get to have the full reins of them. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about what's next up from Pixar. Uh, got Elio coming out next March, and then we have Inside Out coming up the uh, latter half of 2024. As of right now, it's it's slated to come out then. Um, ugh, I, I'm kind of eh about both of these right now. I haven't seen anything yeah. from Inside Out too, but like we said, we don't need. I don't need another sequel. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Inside Out was fine the way it was. Um, my one cool shot: Amber and Wade holding hands and dancing, uh, and then the fade out to the city. And Amber and, uh, Amber and Wade on the beach, and whatever the other shot I said was. Um, <laughs> so many good shots in this movie. Just I appreciate that's the one thing that I will always appreciate is the vibrance of a lot of these movies, especially with the mm-hmm. difference and the and the care that they took to animate the characters differently. Each element moved moves differently and everything. Mm-hmm. Without further ado, Grace, what you got for Drunk Disney? Going. Old school Finding Nemo style. Uh, drink any time an element is named. Have fun with that one. Fire, water, air. We don't really talk about the trees, but Earth. Are they called Earth? I don't know. I think they're called Earth. Yeah. But but really, fire uh, and water are going to be your heavy hitters. And then drink any time Ember or her dad get explosively mad and that's it just two this time that's plenty cool that is our review of elemental uh tell us what you think uh go to our social medias and let us know what you think uh you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash disney versus you can follow us on twitter at disney vs and you can follow us on instagram at disney versus podcast i have to figure out how to or what to post on the instagram i i'm not good at instagram i <laughs> should should hire a social media manager or something because i'm 
sucking at this right now. You can also rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think. Next episode, we are going to get back to... I think we got to get back to the bracket, Grace. We got to get back to... Uh, I know you're excited to watch uh, Dinosaur and Bolt and Home on the Range. But there's some good stuff. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. This is the this is the rough one. This, we got some shit in this one. Oh, no. You know what? You know what, though? I think this is going to be the time where I test out some of our Drunken Disney rules. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got the post-Renaissance bracket coming up with uh, Fantasia 2000 and Dinosaur and Atlantis and Brother Bear, Treasure Planet, uh, Empress wow, Groove, Lilo and This Stitch. is going to be awful. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be okay, and then it's just gonna crater, and then I think Bolt is pretty good, and Meet the Robinsons is okay. I don't think I've rated any of the, any of these above a B. Everything that you've named so far, I don't think I've rated above a B. Yeah, I think they were in the forties range. <laughs> yeah. When we did the initial bracket. Oh no, I think they're probably lower than that. But. Stay tuned for that. It'll be coming soon. As usual, thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all next episode. Goodbye.